everybody, welcome back to Negro Please Radio. I'm your host, Chris Allen. And as usual, off the top, I want to take the time out to thank each and every last one of you for tuning in, downloading, streaming. However you take my podcast, I appreciate it. Welcome back to episode 306. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a wild week. I saw it because it was a wild, wild week, man. Uh, I'll, get, I'll start with my milestone. For those who don't know, we have a 10-year-old son. That is crazy to say. He is 10. A 10-year-old son. And I like to talk about the different things that he's going through. Sometimes it's big. Sometimes it's small. Sometimes it's nothing. And um, this week, is it's really nothing other than the fact that it's just like I'm just still in awe of him being 10. It's pretty wild. Like, uh, what did we do this weekend? We, um, what did we go on Saturday? We went somewhere on Saturday. Why am I drawing a blank? Oh, we went to the, uh, there's a new selfie spot here in, at the mall where they have like the different little, um, like, uh, stations and you can do selfies and stuff. So we, uh, it's a new black business in town. So we went and supported it. But be- before that, we went back to, uh, Iso Iso Ramen. Miles and I went a couple of weeks ago after we went to, uh, a walk in the park and he was like hey man we got to bring mommy here and show her our spot and i was like cool so we went to iso iso ramen and uh at one point we, we were eating and stuff and he goes i gotta go to the bathroom and he just gets up and goes and uh, it's just so funny i was thinking the same thing but my wife uh Kalala, she turns to me and she goes that is our little baby boy and i'm like yeah i know I mean, it's just, it's just wild. It's just little moments like that. I think most parents can uh, attest to just those very like innocuous moments where you just go, holy shit, this, this is like a full fledged person, man. It's like, you don't, you don't see it. You just see your baby boy, your baby girl. And it was just something about him getting up and walking off to that bathroom by himself. It was just like, man, that's, that's our little guy. You know, this just one of those moments that, that that's our little guy where you just realize like time is not, it's like, it's not stopping. He's getting older, you know, pretty soon he's going to, he's going to be moving out one of these days. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, yeah, he's going to be going to uh, middle school here soon and high school and college. It's just, it's just wild. It just, it just keeps going. And what's weird about it too, I don't see myself as an adult. So that's what makes it even more weird. It's just like I'm getting this, uh, <laughs> I'm having this person grow up in my house who I really don't feel like I'm I'm that much older than or more mature than. But, yeah, we had a, we had a great time as a, as a family. You know, we don't go out a whole lot as a family. And we're, we're, gonna, we're making a point to do that more, spend more time together as a family, creating memories, and just, just, just getting out of the house, Get, getting out of our comfort zone. You know, we're kind of all homebodies to a degree. At varying degrees, I would say my wife, my wife is, but she's also the most adventurous as far as going places in the family. But uh, yeah, we're trying to get out more, do some things, you know, introduce them to a lot more. We just, we just gotta, we gotta, we gotta get out. You know, the, honestly, the the pandemic didn't help any homebodies. You know, <laughs> it it didn't help. I th- I feel like people who were homebodies. They either. I mean, they either were all in and I, I'm pretty sure there was, there were some people that they were like, you know what? 
they realized that they were a homebody and was just like, I got to get out more. Not being able to go out and do things, do things I'm pretty sure motivated some people. Um, you get the, your bell curve. You know, you got to people who are like, nah, I'm going to get out. I didn't realize how much I was staying in, you know. And you got those people who just, they, they absolutely loved it. And, and you know, they're, they're into it. They just a homebody. I wonder if there's anybody, any people who are just really adventurous, outdoorsy, uh, vacation people in the pandemic, just change that for them. You know, there, there is something to say about being at home. There's a, a there is some comfort there. You know, I, I, I'm pretty sure there's people who, uh, they they kind of grew up in a household where like being home wasn't wasn't the move. Always arguing and this shit going on. So as as they became adults, they just kind of uh, they were just used to not being home, always moving, doing something. I, I wonder if there are some people that uh, that were like, you know what? I actually like my house. I like being here. You know, trying to trying to get a healthy balance. But uh, I don't know. Can can you really can you travel and go out too much? You know, of course, if you're not paying your bills, but but can you go out and travel too much? I know people say, hey, you know, you, you got to get out and do things. But are there people who just like, dude, you you got to stay home? <laughs> is that a thing? Can can you be single or, or, or just have no kids and, and, and travel too much? Or is that not a thing? Mm -hmm. It's interesting. We do hear about the other side, though. But you never hear about people, uh, you know, oh, the guy travels way too much. He's, he's seen too much. I, I guess that might be a dumb question. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's not. I don't know. Have you known anyone that's always gone and, and, and never can sit at home for five minutes? You know? Is that a problem, not being able to sit at home? I don't know. I have no idea. People are big on the experiences. You know, my wife and I had a long talk this weekend about experiences long talk um but yeah so um i guess that's the i don't know not really a milestone man just just realizing how like it just thing keeps going it just keeps going and going and he's getting he's growing up i i think that's that's what i want to say about him this week is like it's not stopping uh, I, you know what <laughs> he uh it's nothing big man but he he's so funny he like uh he cut his hair off yesterday well, we at the we went to the barbershop. He didn't do it himself, and he was upset. He goes, "You made me cut my hair." I'm like, "I didn't make you do anything." He's he's just at that age. He's a little boy. He doesn't want to put on lotion. He doesn't want to uh, take the time out to grease his hair, oil his hair. None of that stuff. It's just it's a waste of time. It's it's time away from the computer. And I go, look. Well, we go, look, man. You either got to cut it or take care of it. You can't have both. So we get there. He said he wanted to brush cut. And the moment he starts cutting, he's upset. You made me cut my hair. I go, I didn't make you cut your hair. I said, you said you didn't want to do it anymore. And he goes, oh, yeah, you're right. I, I did say that. That's his whole thing, man. He's all about what's the easiest thing for him. That's why he's playing the flute. Why would you pick that, buddy? Oh, it's the smallest case. He wants the short hair. I don't want to do my hair. It's just like he just wants to do the shit that he wants to do. And I get it because he's 10. But speaking of just wanting to do the shit you want to do, the Kanye saga continues. Now, I I, I just heard that uh, Adidas, they, they just released him. They cut ties with him. But they still want to sell his Yeezys, but without the logo. 
And my thing is, it's like, fuck that. You're either gonna, which I, I agree with, look, they cut him off, he, he fucked himself. He said too much, they had, they had to let him go. They had to let him go. Well, you know what, they didn't have to, but they chose to because it was fucking with their bottom line. They could do whatever they want. If it was my company, I would have definitely let his ass go. But I say that because it's just funny how they they gave in to the uh, social pressure of letting him go. But they still want to sell the shoes because they make billions of dollars with the shoes. And my thing is, if you're going to cut ties, you have to cut ties. Those are his shoes. You just can't take the logo off and go, oh, now we're cool. No, you're still trying to make money off of somebody you let go. And I think that's shitty. Now, you're either going to let him go and complete and cut ties completely or you're going to rock with him. You don't you don't get to say, like, look, look, we're a good company, but then st- turn around and still sell the shit. You can't do it. And I have a pair. But I ain't Adidas. I'm a rock my shit. I spent too much money not to. I, I I got no choice. I got no choice. You, you can say what the fuck you want to say. If you want me to burn my my Yeezys, you can gladly send me five hundred dollars. But uh, yeah, I mean it, it sucks that I, I finally get the most comfortable pair of shoes, and probably uh, the second most. Yeah, this is the second. Uh, I wanted this, this pair the second most of all out of all the shoes I've ever wanted. This is the this is the second uh, highest pair. Second most wanted pair. Number one, the Nigel Sylvester AJ1s. And then two, the Yeezy 700 Wave Runners. I wanted them. And I got them. And this, he fucked me. <laughs> Everything, it's, it, Schumer fucked me. She got in trouble after uh, I opened for her. People hated her. Got to open for Louie. He got in trouble. I finally get a pair of Yeezys. This nigga's done. <laughs> What the fuck, man? Every everything I seem to touch, it uh, it, it goes away shortly after. <laughs> is it is it me? Is it me? But they let them go, and they want to sell the shit. I don't think that's cool, man. I think that's I think that's bullshit. I think that's some pussy ass shit to do. Either you're gonna either you're gonna you're gonna get rid of them and not sell any of his shit, or you're just gonna just let them get away with saying anti-Semitic shit. You can't have it both ways. I'm 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 sorry. I, I I don't rock with that shit. I I think I think that's a that's a weak way to keep money coming in your fucking pocket by while while trying to uh appease the masses. And I, I think that's a shitty thing to do. I I don't think that's cool. And uh, yeah, I just I, I mean, look, I I know I'm on a podcast right now, voicing my opinion, whatnot, that or whatever. But look, at as adults, we all know we cannot walk around doing and saying what we want and when we want to who we want. We, 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 that's just not how the world works. And for some reason, people think social media is different. Again, I know I'm on a podcast voicing my opinion, but I don't know. I don't voice every single opinion that I have. And, and that's the problem. We, we, we've been taught this as kids. We tell this to our kids. You don't always have to say what's on your mind. You don't always have to give your opinion. Look, I understand. It's our right to do so. It's in the Constitution. All that shit. I understand that. But we don't always have to. 
And we honestly, we for damn sure, we don't have to be on social media. Again, I know I'm doing all of, I'm doing it all right now, but I don't have to. I'm choosing to do this. No one's making me do this. No one makes you post your opinions about anything online or on a podcast. No one makes you do any of that shit. So uh, for me, for you to voluntarily voice your opinion on a public on a public platform and it gets criticized, I mean, whether I agree with you or not, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's going to happen. You, you got to take it. And if you don't want to, get off the fucking internet. It's, it's really that simple. And, I, and I'm not saying people don't take it too far. Or people can't be, aren't mean and all that kind of stuff. Yes, they are. But I'm saying you, you, put out, uh, you put out a fucked up opinion. You say some weird shit and people don't like it. You, you have to deal with it. It's just this, this weird thing where we, we, people feel like social media is just like this, uh, it's not a real place. And it's like, oh, I, I could just get away with the shit. Yeah, okay. Now, if you want, you can if you want to be an anonymous person. But the thing is, most of us, we want credit and attention and we want to be seen as smart. We want people to agree with us. We want to be liked. So a lot of us, yeah, we just, we voice our opinions along with our, uh, we share our, our, our identity along with that to get those pats on the back, those likes and all that kind of stuff. And I said this last week, I feel like that's what people are doing with Kanye. We all know that this man is going through a manic episode and we still are just putting microphones in front of this man, sitting him in front of cameras. Now, is, is, is anyone really responsible for what he says? Not really. You know, he's an adult. Uh, if you're post, if you're hosting a podcast, you're likely an adult. It's two adults engaging in a consensual uh, conversation. But the thing is, people like the Candace Owens, all these people who put him on the podcast, they get to walk away from the train wreck. They're they're encouraging him to say what the fuck he wants to say, knowing that this man is is not right mentally, and he's destroying everything that he's built. I mean, look, look at Alex Jones. You think all his fans are going to be trying to help him pay uh, whatever that, that billion dollar settlement or if they even knock it down to a, a couple hundred million? Do you think his followers and his fans are going to be uh, coughing up their money for that? No, that's what's wild about this shit, man. It's just like we all want our guy to say whatever they want to say, no matter if it's a conspiracy theory, no matter how true it is, how false it is. But at the end of the day, when those people get in trouble, they get sued for that shit. None of us are trying to help that person pay. We just saw that as entertainment. We saw it as entertainment. And that's the thing too, man. This is like he has athletes leaving his uh his sports representation company. There's there's people that he employs a lot of people. And while we're we're encouraging this man to yeah, go off king, say that shit. He's he's causing people to lose their jobs. He's losing people their jobs. People that work for him won't have a job. And they have kids in schools. They have mortgages and shit. When you become a boss like that, look, it's one thing if he was like, you know what, I'm sick of this shit. Hey, everybody, in about three months, I'm I'm going to lose my shit. If you want me to write you a letter of recommendation, I can. we can help you find some other jobs. But you know what? I, what I need to do, I'm tearing all this shit down to make things right. 
if that's if that's what he really feels like he's doing, if he really feels like he's exposing some shit, that's fine. But nigga, you ain't got to take down everybody with you and then to say it in some weird ass racist way. And I got friends that are saying like, oh, you got to listen to all the noise. And I don't have time to be listening to the noise. That's a 40 something year old man. Everybody talks about how he's a fucking genius. I mean, yeah, he has bars, bars. The dude is a, a brilliant lyricist and you can't, you can't figure out a way to say that, Hey man, we get fucked over in these, uh, in these contracts. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta boil it down to just being anti-Semitic and saying fucked up shit. No, there's a, there's a way to get your point across without being that way. We all know that the music industry has fucked over black people since day one. We know that. We know that. Even to this day, there's going to be some young artists that signed to a bullshit deal today. They find different ways to do it. They're making and breaking rules. These are new platforms and landscapes. And guess what? People get greedy. Now in 30 or 40 years, I mean, they say the same shit about Didi. Diddy, Diddy, they said the same thing about Jay Z. Anybody that ends up owning a record label, they all get called, called this. Oh man, they they cheated me out of money. They took this from me. They took that. They stole this. I'm not getting paid a fair a fair amount. I'm, I only made this much on this song. Y'all remember this song that went double platinum? I only made fifty thousand dollars on this song, and the producer in this they made fifty million. It's just like, well, did you read the shit, my man? Did you read the shit? Or were you just so caught up in being famous and verified and and in and, and chains and bitches and, and all this that you didn't even read the fine print? Am I saying it's okay? No, it's not. But people are in the business to make money. And guess what? If they can find a mark, they're going to find a mark. All right? We just moved it from the Serengeti to boy rooms to studios to all that shit. We we find the weakest link and we exploit that shit and we eat that motherfucker. That's that's what this is. It's dog eat dog. But Adidas is whack for that shit. Kanye is whack for what he's doing. If anybody's putting a microphone in front of that man, it's it's just whack. I mean, I gotta be. I'm scared for the man. He is he is spiraling out of control. It, it is crazy. It's wild. But. We've discussed this. And uh, I, I'll tell the story people want to hear. <laughs> yes, this week, last week, I was at the Comedy Cellar in New York City. It was a great, 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 great time. So Wednesday, I had a show up in D.C. Go up to the show. I get up Thursday morning. Uh, I have a train ride. To, yeah, a train a ride to, I keep calling it a train ride. Is it a, what the fuck? Yes, I have to catch a train to New York, 10 o'clock. Uh, it's only three hours, about four hours from D.C. You know, get there about 1.30. Uh, and, um, man, all I can say is, y'all know me, I fucking love New York City. I love New York City. I get there around 1.30, I hop out the uh, out, out the uh, train station, and boom, I'm in Manhattan. I, uh, I'm like, uh, let me look up how far the cellar is. I don't really feel like taking a train. I just got off a train. I don't want to get on another train. And I'm like, oh, it's only like a 35-minute walk. I got my Yeezys on. It's comfortable. Got the backpack. I was like, you know what? I love Manhattan. Let me take a stroll. So I'm in Midtown. 
I'm walking down through Chelsea, uh, Greenwich Village. I'm having a great time. I just, I love New York, man. I, the architecture, I'm such a, I, I have, I guess, you know, I, in a way, I feel like I'm a weird, hopeless romantic when it comes to New York, man. I just, I love so much about it. And look, I know New York has its problems and all that shit, but I like watching a little shopkeeper sweeping his breezeway in New York City. That I love that. That's such a that's such an Americana thing. It just makes me think of like just how that's been going on in New York for a hundred for the last couple hundred years, man. Just just generation after generation, people opening their businesses. You know, they build relationships with people in the community. Uh, just. I, I I don't know, man. There's just something about that. I, I really love that, man. I, I, I love that. Because it really is the backbone of our country, man. These uh, these mom and pop stores and shops. And even though they piss me off, they don't have the shit that I, <laughs> that I like a lot of times. Man. But need, for, to me, New York is the, that's the place for it. New York, is, I, I, I love New York for that, man. Just all the storefronts, the little butchers, butcher shops, coffee shops. Uh, consignment shops, tobacco shops, bookstores. I just, I love that shit, man. Like that's someone's dream right there. You're watching someone work their dream. And it's just something about that sweeping out the breezeway, man. It's just, uh, I don't know, man. I feel like people who own their spot and they're doing that. That's, that's a very, uh, I feel like that's the time I would reflect and go, man, I, I did it. I own a store in Manhattan. This is it. I'm doing it. I'm sweeping my breezeway. Hey, how you doing, mister? That's That seems so cool to me, man. I, I love that shit. I know y'all like, Jesus Christ, you pussy. You, you're over here daydreaming about, about shopkeepers. I, I, I love that shit, man. I, 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 love, I, I love that city. I love the history in New York. It just, it does something to me, man. I just, I, I, I absolutely love it. I know, I said it enough. I said it enough. I fucking love it, man. And my cousin works in Greenwich Village, so I hit him up. I go, hey, Kyle, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in the area. And uh, he comes and meets me at Washington Square Park. We walk around. Uh, we, we, you know, we catch up. We talk and stuff. He has to finish work. And I just, I just love being, I just love being in that city. I, I keep saying it. I, I end up walking around Greenwich Village for like an hour. Just, just in circles, just watching people. Just watching, you know, older couples, young couples, watching people walk their kids to school. Just just watching people work. Now, them fucking Amazon delivery dudes in New York City, man, they got it fucking. That is a shitty job. Shitty. I could not do that, man. Up and down the stairs, carrying that shit. You got to watch out for people trying to take his shit. It's wild. But I ended up walking around for a long time. A long time. Like I said, got there around one thirty-two. I ended up walking around to almost five o'clock. I, I I just I just I just love being there. I keep saying I'm sorry. I keep saying it. It's just something about it. Just the the skyline. Just just everything. Just watching people zoom by in the bikes. Just wondering like, what does this person do? How much money do they make? I wonder what celebrities are here. I think about all the famous people that have lived there. Uh, all the movies that were made there, made there. It's just, it's something about that city. I know I keep saying it. I'm, I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on. So I, I, I get to um, the village on the ground. I get there early. I go, hey, I'm on this six o'clock show. 
can I come in and just hang out? They're like, sure, come in, hang out. So I go in the lounge and I'm just sitting there. I'm going over my notes and um, you get to see the uh, the inner inner workings of the seller. You know, you get to see all the, all the staff, uh, what they do b- before the show. It's just so many people doing so many things. Uh, setting up chairs, they're prepping food, they're getting, they're, uh, you know, prepping the room, they're getting candles, they're turning lights on, they're vacuuming, they're mopping, they're getting schedules, everybody's yelling back and forth, you hear English, Spanish, all kinds, it's just chaos, man, and, and you can tell everybody loves each other, they're busting balls, people are laughing, uh, it, it was it was nice to see uh, the crew of the seller, the people who make it work, to see how they operate, to see how they talk to each other, to see how they communicate, it, it was it was awesome uh, to to see that. And then uh, six o'clock rolls around, people are starting to file in. Uh, I see uh, Sarah Shipley; she's a Rochester comic who now lives in 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 New York City. I see her, my man Pat. He showed up for me. Appreciate it. Shout out to Pat, and uh, they're excited for me. They can't wait for the show to start. Um, Marina Franklin's on the show. Dan Natterman hosted. Nathan McIntosh was also on the show. Uh, he gave a talk about not growing up without a father, father, a father, and Marina Franklin talked about um, feminism and comedy, which was uh, really good. Both were really, really good. Uh, and Mike Vecchione closed the show with some comedy. Mike Vecchione, super funny comic, one of the best men. I absolutely love uh, Vecchione. He's he's so good. If you really like comedy and you love jokes, check out Mike Vecchione. Um, so the the room fills up. I I, I finally go up and uh, I have a good time. Uh, people were really really enthralled with it. I can tell people were captivated. People were really paying attention. Uh, people gave me a lot of positive feedback afterwards. They said they they were glad that I shared my story. They were happy that I was up there um, uh, letting them know what I went through, what I experienced. And uh, people wanted to know more. People were really, really um, receptive to it and, and really, really nice to me afterwards. Hey, thank you so much for sharing. I had no idea, you know, that's what it was like. And we need to hear more like this. Uh, one woman told me that she actually she cried, but she said it wasn't a bad thing. But uh, uh, it was it was a, it was a great time, man. Just talking about my experiences and how working that drone program affected me and and and. Um, that uh, th- there's a lot of lasting effects. You know, a lot of people think it's an easy thing to do, but I was here to tell them like, hey, a, lo- a lot of those things I saw, they're burned in my mind. And and unfortunately, at some of the, sometimes uh, in my life where I-, I should be thinking about the good things and being at the moments, those those memories do pop up in my mind and, and spoil them for me at times, you know? But uh, yeah, I was I was glad to get up there, man, and I was able to be vulnerable and 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 say uh, how I felt, and to have people be receptive to it and open to it and tell me that they enjoyed it. It made me feel good. It made me feel really good. And you know, I would like to tell the story more often. I make it better. Uh, and yeah, I, I like I said, I had I had a great time, and it, it's nice to explore some other types of uh, emotions and skills other than just trying to be funny all the time but i got i got some laughs people in, in enjoyed it you know but uh it was it was an awesome experience man it was an it was a great experience one of the biggest moments of my life i remember being in dayton sitting with my friends john craig aaron aaron um uh, adrian cosby uh doug morgan 
uh, Jeremy Elmore, our, who he was like our video producer, dude, just sitting around Nate Washington, uh, just sitting around their house watching YouTube videos of, of Colin Quinn, Jim Norton, uh, Patrice O'Neill, watching videos of people at the cellar. Just we were we just loved the New York comedy scene. Bobby Kelly, Keith Robinson, Patrice O'Neill, Bill Burr, Dave Chappelle. We loved that classic. We loved those guys. And now for me to be able to like be there and get on stage and talking to that microphone and just it's it's un it's unbelievable. So when I was up there, I was thinking about all those guys, thinking about those memories, just thinking about those times of like, oh my God, that's Jim Norton, that's Patrice O'Neill, there's Colin Quinn, you know, Kevin Hart, this uh Bill Burr, Dane Cook, just all those dudes, man. Just all those great New York comedy, Artie, uh, Artie Fuqua, uh Greer Barnes, just all, Tracy Morgan. And I know some of y'all are like, who are these names? That's how much we were into we're into comedy just knowing everybody there just knowing all the cool seller stories and to finally be there and be a part of it you know it's just again it's it's unreal it's surreal and uh i'm just very very thankful to be a part of it and i was able to be go up there and and do that and a shout out to norman and list and everybody that's helped me in in, in new york get on there who's mentioned my name you know, because there's been many a comics. I go, oh, hey, how you doing, man? I'm a, I'm Chris Allen. Oh, yeah, you're Mark's guy. Or or Norman told me about you. Or Sam told me you had a great show down there. He, they said you were funny. So shout out to those dudes and, uh, and all the people that have uh, spoken highly of me uh, to other comics in New York that, that make me feel welcome and, and, and um, accepted in that scene. Even though I'm not past that club yet, I will get there. But I, I got to meet Daphne Springs. Uh, I talked to Ray Romano for a little bit. Uh, I ran into Monroe Martin, uh, Dave Temple, and a bunch of other comics. So I just want to say thank you to everybody that came out, uh, my friends that came out to support me. Uh, shout out to Eddie Lyles. You know, chopped it up with him for for quite a while after the show. But uh, New York was great. Uh, everybody was so happy for me. Uh, it, it was it was a hell of, of an experience, and uh, I can't wait to go back. And 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 do it again, and and finally actually get up there and do some just straight up stand up. But I I feel very fortunate, and um, to be able to be a part of Seller Talk, it, it was great. So, one last shout out to Hatem Gabber for putting me on the show, Noam Dwarman for having me on the podcast or listening to my story. Because uh, if it wasn't for that that day, I would have never even met them to even been on the show. So, with that being said, there's a show. That's the show. Uh, I'll be in D.C. this weekend at the Hotbed Comedy Club in Addis Morgan Friday from up uh, from uh, the 8 o'clock in the 945 show. We'll also be doing a host battle here in Charlottesville November 23rd. That's the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Me and Winston. Uh, last time it was a packed show. A lot of fun. If you're a comic in town, come on out. We're going to throw some comics up at the end. Uh, I'm trying to think what else I'm missing. What else do I got coming up? Oh, I'll be at the Sandman Comedy Club the Thursday, I mean, the Friday after Thanksgiving with uh, my man, Mike Dombrowski. So Friday, Saturday, two shows. Yeah. Sandman Comedy Club, the 26th and 27th, I think. Four shows. Come on out. That'll be dope. And I'll be in uh, Denver, December 9th and 10th at the Comedy Lounge out there. I'll also be at, uh, shit, New Haven 
in New Haven, Connecticut with Norman at a theater. I can't think of it, of the name of it. But, and then December 15th through the 18th, I'll be at the DC Improv doing the showcase in the lounge. Super excited about that. So I got DC coming up. I got New Haven. I got uh, Richmond and Denver. I think I already said that. But anyway, there's a show. That's the show. Ah, all right, everybody. You have a good one. I'm out. Peace.